everybody. Welcome to the West Coast Preps Podcast. I am Gregory Moreland-Toon, and this is Chris Jackson. How are you doing today on this fine Wednesday morning? You know, I think we're all a little bit tired. I don't think anybody expected basketball seven days a week in the state, but hey, we've got seven-day basketball. we got Sunday basketball, right? We thought the spring was crazy, and we've got Sundays. I'm not complaining about it, but it's just... I think everybody at this point's like, wow, okay. We're, we're, we're just a little bit tired, a little bit fried yeah. before the playoffs hit. Yeah, no, it, it's been a been a wild season, and we're going to get into some of the, the wild basketball games that we have been at in the last couple of weeks. Um, but that is a couple, down the, couple of sections down the line. First thing I want to get into, if you're an avid listener, you know what Chris Jackson's homework has been for the last, like, two or three weeks now. Chris, we're finally ready. Where's your Spider-Man movie review? You mean Jackass? Mm-mm, no, you just cursed on. Because I did see. Because I did see. I did see Jackass. I did see Jackass. So you're saying you have not seen Spider-Man? Jackass? Yeah, I've seen Jackass. All right. Well, you're just a waste of time at this point so we're going to move on to i, I don't section. know what i don't i don't know i don't know where the confusion is i've seen jackass i'm not talking about that why do you keep cursing on this podcast i'm not i'm saying what the movie name is all right well that's we're what it is. don't blame me just don't you... blame the messenger don't blame the messenger i'm just saying i've been waiting for this movie review for what four weeks now it came out in the middle of december it's february 9th it's disappointing. That's all. You're disappointing our fans, our subscribers. Make sure you go click that button down below. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the like button. Selfless plugs all day, every day. Anyway, selfless, selfless <laughs> plugs. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, oh, uh, you know what? You know what? On. I think we're still all doing. We're all doing better than Sacramento. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. We're going to move on to a Sarah, complete legend, Bay Area legend. And we're going to talk about Tom Brady retiring. And we're going to talk about some of his amazing accomplishments, as you can see. I don't know where I'm at, but, you know, got his jersey hanging up, as you all remember in the early days of this podcast. But Tom Brady has retired, even though he said never say never when it comes to a return to the NFL. Chris. What were your emotions like when you saw his uh, his retirement? It just seems like every piece from our childhood is finally going, right? You, you don't it you don't really ever fully want to grow up in some ways, right? I think everybody says, "Oh, I can't wait to grow up," but at the same time, it's like some of that stuff kind of sucks. It's like that is our childhood. Tom Brady was it? I hated Tom Brady in New England only because New England won every year, but. Heck, I respect the crap out of that guy, Sarah Legend, Bay Area guy. When he went to Tampa Bay, I think we saw more of his personality, and I just was enamored with him because he's on those boats. He's on those yachts just living it up, and that's not something you could really do under Bill Belichick's watch. It's just a different franchise there, but I loved watching Tom Brady, but now he's gone. We've seen, goodness, how many stars from our childhood are moving on and starting to retire? It's been most of them now are that we grew up with in elementary school and before that that are finally calling it quits and it's 
starting to hit like wow it's a new generation of sports finally coming up yeah it's uh it's been it's been strange this last couple of years like you said our, our childhood heroes you know kids that we grew grew up as they're all leaving yep. the only one left is lebron um you know and lebron is lebron respect him like crazy but he's not necessarily the one that i turn on the tv to watch so um definitely wild um there's just there's so many memories you know seven super bowl titles made it to the super bowl 10 different times you know the multiple mvps the crazy comebacks that he had especially against atlanta in the super bowl there are so many different memories that we could sit here for an hour and talk about each and every one but it it's crazy and to think that him and barry bonds went to the same school you know around the same time they're barry bonds a little older but He's not that much older, you know, it's only a few years apart. So it's, imagine being a Sarah graduate and you get those two walking around campus or a teacher and you had Tom Brady one year, Barry Bonds 10 years earlier, whatever it was, just wild. It's one of those things where it's like, what was in the water at that time period there in those pipes? Because makes me think of Steph and LeBron being born at the same hospital. Like what happened in the water there for a few years? What in the world was going on to have just two people from that same spot pretty much right there? Yeah. It, it's not something really any school can replicate no matter how hard you try because Brady's and Bonds come out once in a lifetime. Yeah, they're two of the, the greatest, however you want to debate it. They're two of the greatest and that's really undebatable at that point. So. Anyways, we had to give some some props to Tom Brady and his retirement as he is a Bay Area legend. But we're going to move over to the North Bay as they have had some incredible basketball seasons in that entire North Bay region. They haven't. We've seen it over this past week at some games. I was at Marin Catholic for that doubleheader about a week and a half ago against Branson. Credit to the Branson girls team that day. They were without Jaleel Wiggins, Hannah Gold, and their two stars. Gave them as much of a fight as they could, but Marin Catholic under Ashley Sia, who, by the way, the daughter of the boys basketball coach, Mike Sia, the family tree going on at that school and what they're doing with Grayson Lavette as one of the stars. You've got Cecily Hadless hitting shots when I was there. They've got a great team that's going to make a run. They've got a lot of big wins on their resume. They're a top 15 team, and they're almost – they're hovering around the top 10 now in our Bay Area girls basketball rankings this week. We're going to be seeing San Marin against Branson later today. And San Marin's had a spectacular season. They're up to 20 wins on the year there, looking to get win number 21 tonight. They're at 20-4 and four this season. They've got Keeley Wright. Lila Carey's had a great season there. You go over to Montgomery, Nolan Besire and Boys Hoops. Their girls' team is 10-6. and six. You've got West County girls who we saw at Rancho Catati earlier this week to begin its West County, they merged a couple of schools there together a few years ago, and look at how these girls have come together and that coaching staff's come together. Luke and Lauenberg, even though she left for a few minutes with injury, still scored over 20 points to beat Rancho Cotati at Ellie Roanhead. But I think 18 points and 19 rebounds, if I'm correct. It was just a ridiculous performance. You had Alex Foz has seven steals. And Rancho Cotati, they only came in with eight wins against that great of a West County team. They were up for a lot of that game, almost won that. Keone Neal is the all-time leading scorer in that school's history, looking to major in criminal justice at the next level. She'll play college basketball somewhere. 
where? Not sure yet, but she's definitely one of the best players in the Bay Area. You had Izzy Spackman. Could not miss a three. It was one of those things I think we've said a lot on our Twitter in the last week. We've had a lot of people go for these three-point barrages, like you saw with Kevin Gadd. You'll get into him in a little bit, where it's like you're watching Steph Curry or Clay Thompson get hot because that's the way Izzy Spackman was for Rancho Katati. Then West County just goes on a great run to end that ball game defensively. A lot of great programs shown out in that region. Sonoma Valley's got one of the best players in the region. You've got Cardinal Newman's doing well also in both boys and girls hoops. There's there's a lot to like. And then you also got to see the West County boys against St. Vincent de Paul, who's head coach, Tom Bonefingley, is one of the best in state history. you got one of the top 20 percentages in win totals in California history there. But Sonoma County, Marin County, there's a lot of talent out there a lot of great coaching it's only getting better too we saw it with marin catholics games i'm sure we're going to see it again with san marin tonight there's a lot there's a lot of athlete of the year candidates see like a kyle winters a jalea wiggins san marin stars all these stars of branson that i mentioned you've got jace butler Samitri Carr. you've got redwood high's boys team is really coming along they beat marin catholic by 22 a couple of weeks ago birdie weingart charlie treen so many different options out there to where these NCS playoff races, I know we're going to be talking about open division, division one here coming up, but these other divisions, D2, D3, D4, those playoff races are going to be filled with some really, really good Marin County and Sonoma County squads. Yeah. And the North Bay has had already a fantastic season. When you look back at the football season, St. Vincent Paul had an incredible season. And then obviously the NCS championships and the, uh, state title championships from San Marin and Marin Catholic earlier this year or earlier in the school year, I should say. So it's been an incredible year for all of North Bay high school sports, uh, an exciting time. And, and you can tell the community has really rallied around them. Uh, we've seen it from multiple different schools, just how invested uh, that community is into all of these schools. So it's very exciting to see. And Obviously, like you said, these uh, these playoffs are going to be exciting, especially for that region again. They are, and you've got the Marin County Athletic League playoffs this week. That's where I'm going tonight for girls with San Marin against Branson. You look at the boys' side tonight, you've got Marin Catholic against Archie Williams. They're going to be having Redwood Branson on the boys' side also in contention. So these league races and section races there are going to be really fun to see how they shake out over these next couple of weeks and see who makes a deep state run. Yeah, it's definitely exciting, and hopefully that continues the trend of our next topic, which is some wild basketball games, and it's been nonstop fourth quarter comebacks, incredible <laughs> performances. Chris, what's been going on these last couple of weeks with some of these games that both of us have seen? It's craziness. It seemed like for a 10, 12-day span, every game we went to came down to, what, the final two shots? It started with that San Marone Valley Carondelet girls basketball game a couple Saturdays ago where SRV has that late surge. They're energized. They make some plays. Sadie Carter makes some plays with the Athos. Sierra Chambers. You got Allison Stern. It's some huge free throws in that game. You've got Natalie Pasco. But the way that game ended up was just a prelude of what was to come because you're seeing the East Bay Athletic League. Dublin's had a couple of comebacks. They were down 12 points with four minutes left yesterday in the EBL quarterfinals. Dublin, the top team, playing Monta Vista, who struggled this year. Not your typical Monta Vista team, but what does Monta Vista do under Nick Jones every year? He's a state championship coach for a reason. 
He's got them playing well at the right time. Dublin had to come back and win that game in the final seconds. That was two straight tough wins over Montevista because last week Dublin had to beat Montevista in overtime in a hostile road environment there in Danville. And then you saw Granada against Doherty Valley, that Granada-Doherty Valley game, not just last night, but a couple weeks prior in the regular season. These De La Salle games when they play Dublin, SRV, it's been just craziness. And every se- I know I'm forgetting some. I I want to scroll through our Twitter and check, but I know there's been – 50 million different videos of game-winning shots and things that have happened at the end. I know Camp Lindo had a crazy game there where Cade Bennett does what he always does and gets that game-winning put back as time expired. You saw him touch that with 0.3 left. It gets off the tip of his fingers with 0.1 left to give Camp Lindo another one to beat Lincoln of Stockton, who's got Miles Bird going to San Diego State. Cade Bennett giving you shades of when they won at De La Salle last year on his game-winning three, but it's every game. It seems like right now is coming down to the wire. And folks, this is still just the regular season in league playoffs for some like Dublin had last time and Granada had with Doherty Valley. Imagine what NCS and NorCal's and state's gonna look like here pretty soon. Yeah, it, it seems like these games just continue to get better. And I wanna talk about this Dublin team because it seems like they're the comeback heroes this year. I know you said that about Piedmont as well, <laughs> as they've had some incredible comebacks in the last couple of weeks, but Dublin somehow just keeps blowing off these comebacks, and they did against Doherty Valley in a rivalry game, which changed both of their seasons around. Doherty Valley limped into the end of their season and struggled last night with no Connor Sevilla, but it seemed like that was almost the season-changing game um, for both both sides. And so just kind of talk about Dublin's resiliency. I know you've been able to talk to a lot of their players multiple times, and, and we're really co- close with Costello as well. Talk about the resiliency of that team and how they just keep on somehow winning basketball games when they shouldn't. I'm sure it's got to be driving Costello and those assistants nuts because it's like, holy cow, how many more times can you do this to me? But they find ways, and you've got guards and big men that are really tough. Donovan Cooks, what he did when they played Granada. Now they play Granada in the semis, but last time what he did hit that game when he shot that defense he played on Kevin Gadd there to hold that start of seven points. Kevin Gadd just had more than five threes the other night, too. It's Donovan Cooks is as tough as it gets. It doesn't matter the deficit. He's going to step up. Courtney Anderson's another one of those guys. He won't show it outwardly, but inside, too. He's got that fire, that desire to just win no matter the cost. You've got TJ Costello, Adam Moore, those football guys. Their competitive nature translates to the basketball court. Makai Thomas is – healthy he's doing so much now that he's eligible after moving in and he's only getting better mellow tarver's a really really tough kid shooting the ball defensively you know and jalen stokes that freshman keeps getting better it's tough it's they're the comeback hangs piedmont's done that too with jojo murphy and aj harris going crazy Britt burden really coming along as a sophomore what they've done for these comeback games they came back against alameda a couple nights ago, after they just pounded Alameda by 24 points, it's it's a story of comebacks that type of season. And Dublin is definitely the headliners of it. And, and you've seen a couple of those instances recently, especially Doherty Valley. Yeah, and just kind of talk about Doherty Valley because despite the ending of their season, of the of this at least to this point, they've had an historic season. Um, 
know, I, we talked about Ryan Beasley last night and just the way he did last night against Granada, you know, without his his partner in crime and Connor Sevilla, he was double teamed basically mm-hmm. the whole entire game. And somehow he still made shots and kept them in that game somehow, some way. Talk about Ryan Beasley and just what they've been able to do this season as a team. Ryan Beasley is averaging 30 points, eight rebounds, nearly five assists, and nearly three steals a game. He and Sevilla combining for 47.6 points per game out of Doherty Valley, 69.9 per game. They've got a lot of pieces. They all fill their roles. They do a great job. Rebound, screening, defense, hitting shots when they need to. But it's there's nobody right now that you can't replace a Connor Sevilla, not with his range, his shooting, his abilities. And that's a tough thing to do, especially in the East Bay Athletic League where one injury can – completely change the season hopefully Sevilla's back soon I'd like to see Doherty Valley get better luck in these situations because a couple of years ago they're they've got one of their best teams ever also about to make a deep run and then Robbie Beasley unfortunately suffers an injury season over right it's one of those things you want to see them start getting good luck I think they will it's just hard when you've got to play Granada, who's at full strength finally with Jonathan Mitchell and Levant Lawn, Andrew McKeever, Kevin Gadd, Nate Keeney, and you're without a guy who last time against Granada was pulling up in three-on-one fast breaks and hitting 30-footers, what he did to get them that comeback win over Granada there in those final minutes. it's That's a tough situation. If Doherty gets him back, that completely changes the landscape, I think, of the NCS playoffs. Now where does Doherty go? Are they going to be open to Vision D1 after that game? It's to be seen. It's We'll see how these EBL playoffs shake out. Who the heck knows? Granada could beat Dublin. They were supposed to last time they played in that crazy finish that happened there. If, if Sevilla's healthy, I like Doherty's chances against most teams. It's just – it's a grind when you've got to play in the East Bay Athletic League. You're playing three, four times a week with the way it's been with COVID, changing scheduling, and then you've got Sevilla out. But that also speaks to how good Ryan Beasley is to do what he did last night with double teams. You put that video up on Twitter, I think, what is it? He threw up that three at the buzzer with two guys around him. I want to say there was another guy shading him as well. Just throws it up, but his athleticism, his shooting, his talent's ridiculous. And that's why he's averaging 30 points a game. Yeah, he can get to the basket whenever he wants. And he has the shooting ability to kind of shoot wherever he wants as well. That that buzzer beater, at the end, that was at the end of the first half. They kept him in the game. He did everything possible to carry that team and keep him in that game. And it was a five-point game with about four minutes left until Kevin Gatt hit another three. And, you know, that's another team that I wanted to segue into is, is Granada. And then I want to get into De La Salle as well. Because De La Salle doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of talk about him because they've been so consistent uh, with them. And so we'll just kind of talk about De La Salle because they almost seem like they're under the radar, even though they've had an incredible season. This was something I thought about when I woke up this morning. It was, I think De La Salle is one of those teams that's not being discussed, like you had just mentioned, but they deserve to be discussed, and they're going to be in that conversation at the end when it comes to NCS because their coaching staff with Schroeder is doing a great job. What they've done taking over now, they've got Saul Hennick as an assistant, the former Aquilani's head coach there on that staff. But they play so well together. Great senior leadership, Javon Johnson, Johnny Samani. The way those guys lead that team, the way they play defensively is that perfect De La Salle basketball, but they also have that senior leadership, right? It's like we talk about in college hoops. 
it's hard to win a national title every year when you don't have a couple of leaders. You could have those great one and dones at Kentucky, right? And every once in a while, it's going to click with an Anthony Davis and those guys. But Villanova had those teams where they had that experience with a three-year guy like Jalen Brunson, those types of leaders going in there. Ryan Archie Diacono there as a leader. Not too long before that, two years before Jalen Brunson was there, you look at experience what Baylor had last year with Davion Mitchell and that experience. I think it translates to De La Salle. There's so much experience there. These guys have played together for a long time. They understand the system. They play great defense. And it's not just one guy that's carrying a lot of the scoring. It's a collective unit. Now you've got Alec Blair, that freshman, just keeps getting better. John Flanagan really impressed me when I saw him. I know he's impressed a lot of people this season, but I think De La Salle's got a great collection for when it's all said and done. They can give a lot of teams a run for their money. I We've already seen them be Dublin on De La Salle's home court. They were a big, really, really big in that game before Dublin started to at least mount to come back late. It was too late against De La Salle, but this De La Salle's got a great resume. They beat a lot of great teams. I still have them ahead of Dublin in the rankings because De La Salle is on a big winning streak right now. So they're they're getting hot at the right time. They're coming together at the right time. And that's a dangerous recipe, especially when it comes to an NCS playoffs where anybody can win. But if you've got that hot hand and you're confident, you've got that senior leadership. I think teams like them and Camp Belinda with that senior leadership, I would say are probably my two favorites right now when it comes to NCS Open. Yeah, and, and before we get into Open Division and start talking about playoffs, NCS, NCCS, talk about Granada real quick. So I went over them real quick. Talk about Kevin Gadden and what this team, I know they've, quite frankly, blown a lot of fourth quarter leads. Their record probably should be better than what it is. It seems like they're starting to figure it out. They were able to calm down last night after Doherty Valley made their run. Talk about how scary they can be with how with the, a seven-footer in McKeever, Kevin Gadden, seven threes last night. Talk about what that team is going to be able to do in the playoffs. That's another team that's so well coached, and you've got Kevin Gad leading the way. You've got some younger guys also who are leaders. You've got Andrew McKeever's a great junior big man. There's not a lot of teams that match up with that size because Kevin Gad's a taller guy too, and he's played some point guard this year when they've missed their point guard, and he's never played point guard before until this year. And what did he do when he started doing that his first game? Well, he has – Another one of his incredible games. But he's a guy that, what did you say he hit last night? Seven threes against Doherty seven, on the road? Yeah, seven threes last night. Four in the first quarter. And that's what he did really last time. Control. That's what he did last time. He, yeah, he did that last time he went to Doherty, too. He had over 30 points in that ball game. But you've got him. Jonathan Mitchell's really athletic. Lawn's athletic. Nate Keeney gets some threes. He's a great defender. I think Granada is going to be a tough out, too. They they really are. They're a team that just a couple of years ago went to an NCSD1 championship game, and now a lot of these guys like Kevin Gadd are seniors and Coach Caron Johnson. He, he's got to figure it out. The, those are they, – they blew those leads. I know they don't like that, but the teams they blew those leads to, San Ramon Valley, Doherty Valley – Dublin, right? It's it's just tough to do in that league. I think Renata, though, with how battle tested it is, it's it's going to learn. Everybody has respect for that coaching staff. You know, there's a lot of teams that would have liked to before Coach Key became Renata's head coach that would have liked to have had him on their staff as an assistant. I know that for a fact. But I think Renata is going to be that tough out. Maybe they keep going on a run. They go open. If not, if they're a D1 team, it's hard to not slot them in as a favorite. Yeah, and I think last night was big. Right after Beasley gets another bucket, um, an offensive rebound put back. 
Kevin Gadd goes right down and hits a three. They have to taste it from five to eight, and they calmed everything down. And I think that moment right there where they closed out a game and was able to just hit, make their free throws and, and finish it off that way, I think that could almost be the catapult that puts them where they feel comfortable in those fourth quarter leads because they definitely have struggled with that this year. So uh, definitely Ebal, I know we spent a lot of time on that, but it's such a fun race. Uh, as you said, there, there's four top 25 teams, I believe, in that division right now. So it's uh, it's going to be fun. But I do want to look ahead and open this to all the Bay Area. As we look ahead to the playoffs, who are some teams other than the Ebal teams that you think could make a run um, at some, at making some title runs? Bishop O'Dowd's going to be one of those teams. Lou Ritchie's at it again as a coach. You got to look at it. That was a shortened off season there. They started off slow, but their schedule was tough. You lose Jaron Edwards, Jalen. Then you've got Jalen Lewis, right? The five-star big man. The science is going to go pro. So making over a million dollars at 16 years old. Good for him. Nothing you can do about that. You thank him and you're really happy. He's doing what he's doing. And the senior leader like Jaron Edwards, who could shoot but post up, one of the toughest guards in the area, graduates. But now everybody's stepping up. Even when Hall Connolly was out at that game at Piedmont, O'Dowd comes back. Cam Brown hits that game-winning shot. Cam Brown, he's got five offers. I've spoken to them over the weekend. We'll have a feature story on him soon. He's one of those guys, one of those tough leaders who's going to rise to the occasion in big moments. So is Amos Hodgson. He's a guy that can really shoot from outside a lawn, 3 and D wing. I like. He's athletic. I like the way he plays. And when you've got Lou Ritchie on your sideline, you always have a chance. There's a reason why so many people respect him and have – for years, what he's done. He's won a state championship there for many, many reasons. O'Dowd's a team I really got my eye on. Piedmont's another one out of that league who's going to be dangerous, especially now that they're all healthy. Now that Ben Spencer's back on the sidelines coaching, JoJo Murphy's fully healthy. And the way A.J. Harris is playing, he's putting up 30 every night. He's got that 4 or 5 GPA. He's only a junior. The way he's shooting, he's not missing a shot. JoJo's getting healthy. Britt Burden's coming along. They've got their role players coming along. Like Spencer Settlemeyer has had some big games recently, a great rebounder. He had a good game there against O'Dowd, a good game against Alameda, one of those unsung heroes there that does so many of the little things that might not show up in the box score, but you need to win basketball games. I think Alameda's a dangerous one from that league, too, with Cameron Quick. He's another one of those coaches where no matter who you've got on your team, you've got respect. And now they've got Nick Rondonet's back healthy. He was coming off the bench last week because he missed a couple of weeks with an injury. Now he's coming back. He's put up 20 points multiple times. Shamar Cook's a really, really good guard. They've got some athleticism. And then University High School as well out of San Francisco. Their winning streak keeps getting bigger and bigger. They beat Piedmonts earlier in the season. They beat O'Dowd a couple of weeks ago. University is getting hot at the right time. And Coach Basolo, he's done a great job there coaching that program for a while. I like what they're doing. There's so many different teams, so many different options you look at across the Bay Area. Those are teams I'm expecting to make some title runs. And then Piedmont also, give them some credit for beating San Juan Valley last week to a really tough team. They win that ball game on the road. That's a couple of wins in a row now. They've got over San Juan Valley when you were there last year to watch them do that. Those are some, those are some teams I'm really keeping an eye on. Some other ones... Marin Catholic's one I'm really getting high on with the way they're playing. Charlie Allen's a guy that makes so many different plays. A football guy, a competitor. He's a state champion in football by that 
those multi-sport kids, what did I say at Dublin with Adam Moore and TJ Costello? They bring that multi-sport dimension to a team. They make those different plays. And Kyle Winters, what he's doing. Mike Saya finds a way. I think Miramonte is going to be a really dangerous team. Bob Diotis keeps growing that program. Tyler Dotto is one of the best all-around players. James Fry, a really, really smart big man. Got a lot of skill. You've got Marcus Robinson, the sophomore. Since he's been eligible, only been getting better and better since moving in from Akalani's. So you've got Caden Bresnikar makes a lot of different plays. I still like Northgate, too. That's just such a tough league because you've got Campbell window. You've got Miramonte. Then Clayton Valley's a tough team, too, with Jeremiah Dargan, great two-way guy, and Jake King. These are some teams I think you got to keep an eye on. They might not be getting headlines or some flair like other teams, but these are teams I think you have to watch out for, whether that's Alameda, Piedmont, O'Dowd. <clears throat> how many teams are that? Just University. Yeah. All those different teams, Marin Catholic, these are going to be dangerous ones. And I think Branson's going to get back to what they've been doing. I think Redwood's going to be tough with the streak they've been on recently. Archie Williams is a top team for Marin County. There's a lot of different teams there that are going to be making some deep runs. And I think are going to, at least one of those teams I think I just mentioned is going to make a state run. Yeah. From the way this regular season has gone, there is a Cinderella run just waiting to happen as we approach the playoffs um, and, you know, it, it's a coin toss as to who it's going to be because there's been so many great teams that are good and they're getting hot at the right time. But I do want to flip it over to the women's side real quick. You just saw Aquilani's who won 19 in a row. Obviously there's Crondelet. Mitty just keeps on doing what Mitty does every single year. Um, you have Pinewood who's really been under the radar, I guess, which is, you know, hard to say for Pinewood, but who, who in that, area in the girls section i should say is is ready to make that state run and who's some teams that are impressing you right now all those teams you just mentioned pinewood i think people started to forget about them when pinewood somehow lost the game earlier this year but what did they lose during that senior class last year right you got a short off season you lose the courtney thompson's the annika deckers chance speakers all those girls playing at the next level Sure, you've got Ella Dean, you've got a lot of talent come up, and of course you've got Doc Shepler coaching there in the sidelines, but a short and off season, you play a more experienced team like St. Ignatius early on in the gates. Well, who's the advantage to right there, right? That's that's a tough thing to go up against there. I think now Pinewood would beat pretty much all of these teams. Them and Midi are my favorites in the CCS. Midi is so close together too. Their team chemistry is phenomenal there. Probably one of the closest knit teams I've seen in that program and they've had a lot of really good teams come out of that school under sue phillips morgan shelley noemi barito sienna gudadoro maya hernandez the list goes on and on there they're they're going to be one of the favorites for state carondelet sure they did have that loss at sandermon valley i think that's going to make them better and there's there's that's not going to hurt their stock with an ass every i think they're probably going to play each other again in the ebal championship on saturday i'd imagine so they'll get chance of redemption i'm sure they'll play each other maybe another once or twice more after that too both of those programs with them in san Juan valley their coaching staffs the girls they've got coming up through those programs or teams i'm really looking out for because you've got one going to boise state another going to stanford and a few more to each of those schools i think that will be playing at the next level i think there's there's a lot of different teams i'm keeping an eye on i think marin catholic's going to be a tough out for a lot of programs 
St. Ignatius is tough. St. Francis and Valley Christian are really tough teams. That WCAL in girls basketball this year is absolutely phenomenal with the amount of teams in the top 15 there. I think Branson, fully healthy, is a really, really tough out. San Marin's going to be tough. And then Akawanis, who I just saw last night at Northgate. Without KK Lackenlale, who many are arguing and saying is maybe the best freshman point guard in the state of California. And production speaks for itself what she's done, 17, 19 points per game. They're without her at Northgate, who they beat by 16 the last time out. What do they do? They win by 20 points. They play a great all-around game. Emily do hit shots, gets a lot of offensive rebounds. They're freshmen. Natalie Freckman had seven threes, scores 22 points. Sophie Chin, Dolce Vale. Akalani's 19 straight wins, a league championship that they've got. And now in until in that's another team, Akalani's. And it's scary to think every single player from that team returns next season. Every single player. They don't have KK Lackenlow. They go to Northgate, who's got three incredible senior captains, great senior leadership there. They go in and win by 20 on the road to get that sweep. They're undefeated in the league. They secure that league title. Akalani's is a girls team who these next three, four years is going to be ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's similar to the boys' side. There's just a ton of talent right now and a ton of great teams. And I think a lot of it comes from look at the coaches that are on these teams. I mean, these are incredible, great coaches that are leading these teams to, to great seasons. So I'm excited for the playoffs. I know that I'm excited to see some more great basketball. I know it's been a great run for me. I've seen some incredible games over the last few weeks. Um, and it all started with Granada, San Ramon Valley for me, at least. Um, so looking forward to it. Playoffs are going to be insane. Saturday is the last day of regular season. Is that correct, Chris? Yes. Saturday is the last day. And then we'll have NCS seedings coming out on Sunday. Yeah. So we're, uh, we're just a few days away from from the craziness to ramp up even more so before we wrap up this podcast there's some game on sunday that i guess is important oh the super bowl that's what it is that's right so want to hear your predictions chris who is walking away with a super bowl title is it matthew stafford or joe burrow You know what? I'm going Joe Burrow. I'm going Joe. Really? Burrow. I I could have. You know what? You know why? Every every single every single week, I've said no Bengals, no Bengals. They're not going to do it this time, and they keep doing it. So now that I pick them, they're going to lose, and they're going to get stopped. Just, now that I pick them, but I'm going to roll with them. I was just going to say, now that he, you have picked them, now they're going to lose. Yep. Because I was leaning yep. towards Joe Burrow. However, Von Mer- Von Miller, Aaron Donald against that offensive line who just gave up nine sacks with the Titans. I'm leaning towards the Rams. But I think it's going to be a good one. I think this is going to be a fun Super Bowl. So I'm going to pick the Rams just to be different because that's what I do every single time that Chris picks because Chris is the worst predictor in the world, I think. So when's the last the time we when's the but when's the last time we had a Super Bowl where Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes was not in it? Um, it's been a while. I think that the the crazy stat was 
this is the first Super Bowl in like 20 years that Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Payne Manning, or the Niners are not in it. Wow. Yeah, because Peyton yeah. Manning's last one was 2016 when they beat Cam Newton and the Panthers that year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's been a it's been a wild run. It's the new generation. Although I don't want to necessarily consider Stafford the new generation, but he's at least not in the <laughs> the Brady Manning Roethlisberger generation. And he's also but, with a better franchise, I would say. So maybe maybe it is a new is, generation for him. This is the closest Detroit will ever get to the Super Bowl. They got Matthew Stafford in it, and then they have Eminem performing at the halftime show. Detroit, this is your Super Bowl. Have fun, party, because the Lions are never going to make it, ever. They're never going to win the Super Bowl. You know, all these fan bases can complain, but imagine being a Detroit Lions fan. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Imagine being an Oakland A's fan, though. I think that's worse. You know know what? At least they still make the playoffs sometimes. You know, at least at that point, I'll take it. The Lions just don't even I, – I don't even know. I And I don't enjoy being an Ace fan, but I can't even complain now that I think about what it's like to be a Lions fan. How brutal must that be? Yeah, yeah, it, it must be brutal. But this is their year. They got Eminem, and they got Matthew Stafford. This is their year. This is, this is the Lions fans' year to be – to have a fun Super Bowl. So, anyways, any last thoughts? as we uh, head into the final week before seeding. You know what? I'm also going to mention Liberty basketball. They're on a winning streak, mm-hmm. too. They went undefeated in BVA. I'll play there, 16-4. Julian Costa, Miles Lawrence, great players there. Gavin Widdenson's had some big games recently. That's another team. Keep an eye on down the stretch is the Liberty Lions. Yeah, Miles, um, I know that we posted the TikTok of you missing the dunk. So, like I commented in there send us one of you actually dunking because we all know you can do it and uh we'll put that up there so i do, I do have to mention that because uh yeah so we we apologize but it was a it was a must post chris is disappointed uh, we're, we're sorry we're sorry miles on behalf of west coast preps we're all we're all sorry but send in that dunk highlight and uh and we got that. Yes. We'll put that up immediately. But that will do it for the 103rd episode of the West Coast Preps podcast. Make sure you subscribe to westcoastpreps.com. Make sure you hit the like button on this video. Make sure that you share this video if you're listening to Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And make sure you guys have an incredible week. Enjoy Super Bowl Sunday and Selection Sunday as well. Everyone have a good one. And we'll see you guys.